Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 396 of Her, the podcast where you're going to hear the truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today, her mental focus. Oh my goodness gracious, and even more. So we're going to delve into the mind. Before we begin, just know that our sponsor for this episode is Solaray Vitamins, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y Vitamins. Women, all you have to do is just search for women under the Solaray website, and you're going to see more products than you know what to do with. But here's another one you might want to look at, and that is Sharp Mind. Now, when you go over to Solaray, hit Sharp Mind and have a little look at some of the ways to be able to help yourself focus and, you know, de-stress and all the rest of it. Um, you'll learn more um, when you actually read through each description. So hit solaray.com. All right. Now, after this episode, this is your first reminder. Please click on iTunes, rate and review the show because I'm a sitting here a waiting for you. Love your feedback. All right, it's time for Her. Her, the podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind. Her body. Her life. It's all about her. Let's go into your mind. I don't ever travel into the brain and the mind unless I travel with Dr. Sonia Billis. <laughs> Sonia, <laughs> do you love that for an intro? She is our... Her podcast, Neuroscientist Par Excellence, with a PhD in neuroscience from Oregon Health and Science University, and with over 20 years of experience in biomedical research. And she's just like a crazy person when it comes to neuroscience. So, Dr. Bill Sonia, welcome back to the Her Podcast. Thanks so much, Dr. Peek. What a fantastic introduction. Yeah, I'm the person at the party who, if anyone says anything, I actually, I'm, I go, oh, well, actually, the research says, yes, I'm a lot of fun at a party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the one who said, now stop, stop, follow the science, yeah. mm -hmm. follow mm -hmm. the science, mm -hmm. don't, don't be giving me this little misinformation. <laughs> oh, my God, these words have gotten so crazy, haven't they? It's like... <laughs> Well, you know, I, the other day I was listening to some craziness. Um, you know, uh, I made the huge mistake of actually watching the news, and they were trying to um, uh, TV explain the difference between misinformation and disinformation. Honestly, it's becoming absurd. Oh. This whole crazy thing. Let's just stick to science. Now, speaking of science, yes, let's please do right? that. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's do that because. You're a neuroscientist. And so you, what, one of the things uh, I thought you could really help us out with, because as women, oh my gosh, we have so much to think about and we're not focusing very well. Our focus has kind of gone to hell. At the same time, we have the thing with moods and Lord knows how many of them. And then stress is ubiquitous. I mean, seriously. So let's kind of let's kind of look at some of the really um, interesting ingredients out there that you see in in products 
um, that really speak to each one of these. Um, and I know that you've you've done a goodly amount of of looking around and and kind of hunting and foraging for what might be out there um, with some credible research. So help inform us, Sonia. Sure. Well, we could do that. That's a, a hot topic right now. A lot there's a lot of interest in nootropics and it's a bit of a buzzword and because of that there's a lot of as you mentioned misinformation and disinformation so one of the things we can do is just say what let's start it what is a nootropic and a common definition is that it's any substance that enhances cognitive function what is cognitive function learning and memory and what does that mean to you and me in our daily life our ability to do things to remember our grocery list to focus on what we're doing to regulate our moods and our emotions, our responses to things. So basically to do what we want to do in our day. And so what does that mean? So any substance that enhances cognitive function, you may have heard of a very common one, which is caffeine. We take it on a daily basis, at least I do. I love the little, the little boost. And caffeine actually increases levels of acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter that's very important for learning and memory. So if you do feel like you can focus Oh, I love more, it. I love mm -hmm, it. Or concentrate more. So you're making me mm -hmm. feel good about caffeine. Sure, why not? Oh my gosh, I just... See, look, wait a minute. Do you hear the clicking? That's my happy dance. I'm doing a little happy dance. And so my, my caffeine is what you're telling me is my little morning cappuccino. Um, that I have from my own cappuccino machine um, is actually good for me. How, tell me how this whole thing works with caffeine. Well, uh, so that's what caffeine does. Is it increases the levels of acetylcholine. Now, it doesn't doesn't make everyone feel amazing. And so, my answer to those people would be, well, then don't 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 take caffeine if it doesn't make you feel good because everything affects people <laughs> a little bit differently but that's one of the great things about caffeine and why people like it in the morning is it generally has this boosting effect it does boost people's moods as well as wake them up a little bit and uh, it also has a, a number of other wonderful things that are good for you like antioxidants they're all in the the coffee beans which are the fruit of the coffee plant. And so fruits are also very high in antioxidants, the berries especially. And so that's why uh, people have heard, you know, that ca uh, coffee has a lot of things that are actually good for you um, over time. So caffeine is one that uh, people have heard of. There's a lot of other dietary supplements um, as well as drugs that all fall under this broad umbrella of nootropics. For example, um, ADHD medications increase levels of dopamine and norepinephrine. Um, they're also used for uh, narcolepsy and for people who have fatigue. It's just basically to help wake people up and to focus their brains. So these are used by uh, a lot of different people for a lot of different things. Uh, now, some people are interested in just on a day-to-day -day basis, what can I do individually to improve my mood? I'm, I'm not ready to go out there and get some medication. Maybe you, you drink coffee or tea, which also has caffeine in it if it's uh, black tea or green tea. So maybe that works well for you. Uh, but another way, and you know, we have to start out with the most obvious, Pam, which are just to get enough sleep. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, to um, yeah. To eat a nutritious diet that's high in fruit and vegetables, and to manage stress, 
and to exercise. Now, what, what if those you're doing all those things and you feel like you're doing a good job of that? What next can we do? All right. I'm waiting. I'm waiting at the edge of my chair. I'm taking notes. I'm going crazy. I, I mean, cause all of this is just really resonates. And, and that's why, you know, I think so many of us out there are trying to figure out ways to enhance, you know, our mental function and our cognition. Um, and that's why the nootropics uh, are, you know, very compelling. And, and people are trying to understand how all of this comes together. So, you know, when you're helping us understand something as simple as caffeine, which the mass majority of us, not everyone, but mass majority of us, um, you know, consume on a fairly regular basis. Um, you know, that's wonderful to know. That's like, okay, check that box. That was good for my mind. Um, and I'm one of those people where I really feel the benefit in a big way. Um, but the thing is, I don't have it beyond, you know, say about 10 in the morning. Um, because quite frankly, I don't want to have anything interfere with my sleep. And it takes a long time for the caffeine to actually leave your system. And I would rather, you know, not have to have weird sleep where my REM and my deep sleep is affected. So I try to keep it in the morning as best I can. Um, you've heard of that too, haven't you? Of course. And, and everyone metabolizes things differently. And what we mean when we say metabolizing it, mean, we mean how your body gets rid of it. So if you take caffeine in the morning in the form of coffee or tea, and then you get that boost, which is the, the effects of caffeine, and then it's fully removed from your system. And over time, generally, as we age, our metabolism, uh, not, not our metabolic rate, the way we metabolize drugs and other substances can slow down and can change. So if you're finding that you're having a stronger response to caffeine than you used to, maybe you should reduce your caffeine intake a little bit. And that is something that can happen to people over time, or they may experience jitteriness and say, well, I, I, I didn't used to experience this as well. So that would be one indication that maybe you need to change <laughs> things. Don't do them the same way you did when you were younger. That especially happens to women as they go through hormonal changes. So in perimenopause and menopause, a lot of women find that they actually have a stronger response to coffee, and then it can actually make them feel anxious. So that would be a great way to, that would be another sign that maybe reduce your caffeine intake and to uh, really pay attention to when you have caffeine. So Pam, you're saying don't drink it after 10 o'clock. I think a lot of people find that that works for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually wear the Aura Ring and most people know that the Aura Ring is sort of the go-to to get all your metrics on how well you sleep. So it'll tell you how long you did your REM sleep and your deep sleep and all the rest of it. And I remember um, when I first started using Aura that uh, sometimes I'd kind of like do a little later, you know, uh, caffeine, maybe one o'clock or noon or something like that. It really messed with my uh, REM in my deep sleep. And that was enough to have me say, Hey, forget that noise. Um, so the very next day I, I, you know, cut it off at by 10 o'clock and lo and behold, my REM and my deep sleep just crushed it. They were perfect. And so, that's you know, really that's all I needed to see. 
Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting. And to your point about, um, you know, how you break these uh, kind of chemicals like caffeine down in your body, I'm a slow metabolizer. Um, so, you know, if you give me anything, it'll stay in my body until next Christmas. Um, I just, that's why I'm one of those people when people say, hey, and let's give her a little pain medicine for that broken ankle. You know, I'm saying I'm going to cut it into fours. Um, because I'm just here to tell you that I don't metabolize that fast. So I'm, I'm sure that it's, it's a carryover to caffeine because I've been this way all my life. And, you know, who knows where I'll be 10 years from now with all of that. But there you have it. Kind of interesting stuff. Let's move over to where would you like to go? You know, we're looking at focus, mood, and stress. Where do you want to move to now? Well, you uh, mentioned sharp mind at the beginning, and so we can cover some of their nootropics that address those specific ideas. But one of the things that I wanted to mention is that dietary supplements are in a category all of themselves. So if you have a background in, in, in medications, those are very different because those have to go through a different process. And when we have a medication, we have a specific substance that is uh, designed to, to be a, a certain drug. But dietary supplements are often sourced from plants or other, um, or other sources, and those are not always standardized. And so one of the things when we do research, it's really easy to look at the effects of a specific drug. And there's one drug, and you, you know exactly how much of it is in that pill, and you give that to people, and you measure a response. But when you have dietary supplements, they can be sourced from different areas. Uh, they can be sourced uh, using different methods. They can be even sourced down to different levels of the plant, which can contain different levels of the substance that you're looking for, as well as other things such as fillers. So I, I know, um, you know, 15 or so years ago, there, there was a lot of attention to the fact that not all dietary substances were created, not all dietary supplements were created equal. And that really is true. And so when we look at research that has been done on these, we need to look at one very important thing, which is are they studying a standardized source of that supplement? Because if they're not, then really the results of those studies aren't very useful. So that's one thing that's, that's really important. And the next thing is, are the studies that were conducted legitimate? Usually everyone's heard of the randomized controlled study, which means did they have uh, people come into the study who were randomized to either interve intervention, um, was there any blinding, which means were the people who studied that substance, did they know which was the placebo, which means the ineffective um, the ineffective substance, which is our control, or the substance that we're measuring, were they blinded? Because if someone's not blinded, that, that can affect the investigator may be biased. So they think that, oh, I'm studying this substance and I think it's good for memory. And so they may not, they may, may be trying to really do a good job as an investigator, but we just know that humans have a bias to look for an effect of what they're studying. So that's why blinding is really important. So you have a placebo, you have blinding, and then you have randomized, because that means we're not selecting people who may be better for one or the other treatments. And so those are some of the really important factors that go into designing a good study. And then of course, 
one of the things that I do is how are we interpreting the study and how are we publishing it? And those studies need to be published in uh, reputable journals so that we can all read about them and understand them. And that's how we get our information and we can make decisions about uh, the efficacy of some of these substances. Well, let, let's look at some substances in, in particular. How about um, ashwagandha? Okay. So if we want to look at ashwagandha, ashwagandha is, uh, usually comes from a root. Um, it's a plant. There is The root contains uh, ashwagandha, which is, oh, by the way, the scientific name for this, I love this, is Athenia somnifera. And somnifera, what do you think that sounds like? Ooh, mm, like I'm sleeping. So, yeah, so it means like somnifera means sleep inducing. And so this is a plant that has been shown to actually have a calming effect and promote sleep. It's been used for years uh, in Eastern medicine, but only recently have uh, some investigators started studying standardized extracts. And remember what I was talking about earlier, you, don't, you can't just study the root or the part of a plant. You want to make sure that if you're studying something that's standardized, that's mean that it's sourced in the same way. So you're going to get a consistent amount of the active substance that you want. And so that's something that's really important. So for stress, this uh, ashwagandha, there's an extract called Shodan ashwagandha that's been a standardized extract that's been studied in placebo-controlled, randomized placebo-controlled studies, and has been shown to reduce cortisol levels and to promote sleep. Huh. Okay. And so we do have studies that help us um, understand at mm -hmm. a credible level what's going on with this. So where do you find this, um, this kind of ingredient, um, this plant, um, in, in terms of products and things, what, where do you, where does it tend to surface? So it usually surfaces in, uh, for it's for relaxing. And so, as I said, it reduces cortisol levels and promotes sleep In the sharp mind line. It's in the stress product and it's used there to promote, uh, re relaxation. Uh, it's also in their sleep line. Huh. And, and is, there, is there any benefit to actually adding some melatonin to that too? Because, you know, I know a lot of people like to utilize this one particular um, hormone, um, which does uh, help uh, get people to sleep. Uh, and many of us um, use it for things like jet lag and whatever. Um, and so I, I'm wondering, is there an additive effect to having melatonin as well as ashwagandha? That's a really interesting idea. I don't know if anyone's actually studied that specifically, but we all know that melatonin is used widely to promote sleep. Your melatonin peaks and that's like your cue to go to sleep. So melatonin is, is a hormone that's really important for regulating our, our sleep-wake and promoting that letting us know that it's time to go to bed and then actually initiating uh, the sleep cycle. And so there's a peak of melatonin when you go to bed and having looking at lights and things like that can reduce melatonin, whereas the bedtime rituals uh, can, can bring on the melatonin and help you sleep. 
Uh, so some people uh, take melatonin and find that it helps them sleep, especially um, doesn't always work in everyone, but for some people it is quite effective. Uh, but however, if you have high cortisol, cortisol actually suppresses melatonin. So it's important to not only uh, make sure that if you, you allow the melatonin to be released, but also to reduce your stress. Because if you're under stress, that's going to keep your cortisol elevated. And since cortisol suppresses melatonin, uh, that can be a problem and that will prevent sleep. So the alertness is actually, and stress will counterbalance and, and suppress melatonin. So in something like uh, combining ashwagandha with, with melatonin may be helpful for promoting sleep. Well, well, you know, it, it, there's something else too, and we need to back up for five seconds and realize that this is all fine and dandy, but I hope you're, you're living um, a, within the circadian rhythm, the natural rhythm, the 24 hour rhythm of the body. You know, if you're someone who's like getting three hours of sleep and thinking you could just, you know, pop whatever, um, to try to go to sleep, um, that includes an RX, um, like Ambient or something, uh, and back and forth. Uh, no, you're playing with mother nature. Don't be doing that. Um, that will never get you where you need to go. You know, all of this is meant, remember the word supplement. It's it's not supposed to be complete replacement of, you know, uh, things you're not doing in your lifestyle. So if you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle, you know, trying as best you can to have optimal sleep hygiene, don't be having your face in three devices right before you want to go to, you know, bed and, and hit the lights off and think you're going to fall asleep immediately. Come on, you got to put some work in this, boys and girls. Um, and at the same time, are you eating appropriately? If you're eating right before you go to sleep, God forbid you're drinking alcohol before you go to sleep. Yeah. You could take you could take <laughs> whatever you want. It's just gonna mess you up. And and you're never gonna be able to normalize. So you gotta do your part. And then, you know, all of these wonderful ingredients that you're talking about help augment that and, and maybe fill in some gaps where maybe you're just physiologically different and it's really hard for you for sleep um, and all the rest of it. Does that make sense? Do you agree? Yes, I think that's, it's, it's not the message that everyone wants to hear. A lot of people want, you know, the quick fix and, and, you know, eating, eating nutritious foods that are high in vitamins and minerals and fiber and protein and uh, all the things that our body needs is hard. And it's uh, oftentimes uh, just so much less work to eat, you know, fast food or chips or, you know, and to not exercise, you know, all of these things are, are really difficult. And so it, but they're the, really the best, the best place to start. I agree with you 100%. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just everyone out there on the Herb Podcast land, just assume we're talking about trying to build a solid foundation of healthy living habits. And then with that, you know, we all have tough times and, you know, for instance, women who are coursing through perimenopause, menopause, you know, when it comes to the mood issue, right? Um, you've got anxiety is usually one of the first signs that you're beginning the perimenopausal journey. It's anxiety. So what do you, do you think 
that any of this is going to help with anxiety? Anxiety is one of the first symptoms and uh, women will, may I also experience things like heart palpitations and then, you know, like waking up in the middle of the night and then not being able to fall back asleep because you're anxious or worried or stressed or just your mind is racing. Um, that could be, that's really tough. Um, there are some, the, the, I know where you're going with this, Pam, I think, <laughs> The mood one uh, from the sharp mind line. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, let's go there. Okay. So uh, the the mood one contains zembrin, which is an extract of a South African plant, and these uh, this one also is uh, has a grass designation, so it has undergone already safety and tolerability testing. But tell that, everyone uh, what grass is. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, tell everyone what that grass is. Yeah, it's an FDA designation that means generally recognized as safe. And usually that applies to, to many uh, dietary supplements that are, are sourced from plants or other, other uh, substances. Um, so Zembrin is, an, is a South African plant. Zembrin is an extract from the South African plant. Um, but it does have, have pharmacological properties that stabilize mood. So one of the things that I think is interesting about this is that it does have some serotonin reuptake inhibition. And what does that make you think of? Oh my goodness gracious. So these are like a lot of the antidepressants out there. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's a really, that's a really common uh, antidepressant uh, effect. So SSRIs, but it also does a few other things. Uh, and that has been studied in, in several randomized controlled studies and shown to have improved measures of anxiety and stress. One of the things that I thought was interesting about this extract in particular, and there was a study that was published in Neuropsychopharmacology, one of my favorite journals <laughs> in 2013. Uh, and they looked at Zembrin and they showed that it decreases activation of the amygdala during a fear or stress-inducing response. Now, what that means is the amygdala is the part of the brain that reacts to fear or stress. And it tells you, uh-oh, something that's bad, I need to, it's, it regulates that emotional response. And so if you can, de so at, people who have anxiety have increased activation of the amygdala. So decreasing the activation of the amygdala can be very beneficial. And so that study showed that Zembrin slightly decreased activation of the amygdala. And so it's not surprising that it does have some beneficial effects on reducing anxiety. And that ingredient, Zembrin, is in, is in the mood line for the smart mind line. I love it. And, and so I did a little bit of my, my own snooping around and looking at, uh, Zembrin. Um, I love its generic name. I mean, it just cracked me up. It's Skeletium. Now get this mm -hmm. tortuosum. I know. I noticed that too. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait a minute, torture, torture, mm -hmm. what tortuosum? Mm -hmm. Who came up with that crazy stuff? But, you know, there it is. And this is a, um, 
you know, this this is a, a very interesting plant that actually comes from uh, South Africa. It's a succulent. And one of my colleagues uh, who is uh, with me with the American College of Sports Medicine, he's a fellow, um, published something uh, just a year ago um, in Nutraceuticals. Um, one of my favorite things to read. Um, see, I'm, I'm, you know, competing with you. You're doing neuroscience and I'm doing this other crazy stuff. So, and what he was really looking at was um, mood, muscle soreness and performance. And I thought that's an interesting combo. But what he found was exactly what you said. And that is, um, you know, having a supplementation with, with this um, was uh, very helpful in preserving mood, um, especially as someone was uh, uh, undergoing um, exercise performance recovery, you know, because it's painful. Interesting. You know, it's like, uh, you know. Yeah, I thought that that was really cool. That was the Department of Kinesiology um, in Birmingham, uh, Alabama. Uh, and, you know, everywhere I look, you know, if you actually do a lit search on uh, this wonderful um, Zembrin, you actually see some pretty robust science, right? Yes, that's why I, I thought it was very interesting. That's, I, I, love the, I love the science that stands up to scrutiny. You look for, you know, it's published in, in good journals. Um, and then that placebo-controlled randomized study. Design is really important. I love it. I, I think it's fabulous. Um, you know, it, I love it when there's like a lot of great science behind something so that we can honestly hang our hat and say, well, you know, no wonder this is um, so promising, you know, on the overall. And uh, so that's great. So we have the sleep, we have mood. Um, and we have, uh, let's see, blah, blah, focus, you know, um, that was helpful too. So, you know, when people are, are looking for help with focus, mood and, and, and stress and sleep, um, what are, you know, I, I'm trying to think when you're looking for ingredients that really seem to be credible, then the ashwagandha seems to be a good one. Um, the zembrin um, is another one. Clearly, we see melatonin. That's a, another one. Um, and so when you see these in nootropics, uh, you know, products like the Sharp Mind, do you, do you then, as a scientist, feel as though there's more credibility uh, behind this so that you could feel more confident that you'll actually get something out of this? Anything that is supported by uh, well-researched science <laughs> is the most important thing for me. Um, but also I like things that have an extract that has already been standardized and researched because then you know exactly what you're getting. Uh, and, and so, for example, like we were talking about how different parts of the plant um, fillers they, they need, you, you need to know that the company that you're getting these from is being responsible and where they're sourcing them from, how they are uh, testing their batches if they do that on a regular basis. 
because then potency can vary a lot, even between batches. So it's not just by company, it's by batch where they're, and so having standardized extracts mean that that part of that is already happening. We know that they contain the extract of a specific part of the plant that contains the, the parts that are important that contribute to the benefits of the product. Well, that's all I really wanted to hear. And that is basically that what you're, well, you know what it is, is it's, it's really just about being credible um, exactly. and really having confidence in the company, because as you said, supplements are not um, overseen by, um, you know, don't have to pass through specific approvals by the FDA the way drugs are. And so you have to have a lot of confidence in a company and the longer the company's been there and the more thorough they are in their manufacturing process and the, and more credible their background, um, you know, hang your hat on that one. Um, that'll make you feel fantastic. I love that. And, and that means you have to do your homework and, um, and you have to really feel good about that. Um, and obviously see how you feel. Um, you yeah, know, once you utilize a product, mm -hmm. well, you know, everyone's yeah, different. Yeah. Everyone's different. And also, uh, you're the doctor, Pam. So you're going to attach the, the doctor part to this is that, uh, these are, these substances all have an impact on the body. So you do need to be careful if you decide to take them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's super important in the best of all worlds, your healthcare provider knows exactly you know, what you're taking. And that's why, you know, when I do my annual and all the rest of it, um, one of the first things out of my own physician's uh, mouth is, okay, you know, let's see what supplements you're taking. Um, and it's really important because there are interactions and you want to make certain that you're very clear up front about, you know, what you're taking, how you're taking it, what kind of effect you're having and, and all the rest of it. Um, so, you know, I think that uh, transparency here um, is important and open communication with your healthcare provider is absolutely essential. Well, this has just been fantastic. You know, Sonia, you're always so clear, but you know, you also hold all of our feet to the fire about following excellent science. And, and that's so terribly important. So, you know, I kind of, you know, uh, really look forward to hearing your, your thoughts and, and takes on, on all of these kinds of nootropics because they do, you know, espouse to enhance cognitive function. And it's very important to know that what you're taking, uh, is, is going to actually be beneficial to your health. Um, and in this case, obviously your cognitive function. So thank you so much for once again, sharing your neuroscientist wisdom with us. Oh, you're welcome. It's always a pleasure. I'm happy to spread the good word of science. Yeah, <laughs> I know you are. Oh my gosh. And everyone out there, I know you've absolutely loved to have Dr. Sonia Billis back again as our neuroscientist. Please hit iTunes right now, rate and review the show because I want to hear from you. And then another major shout out to our our sponsor, Solaray Vitamins. We've been talking about their nootropics and a lot of these science 
the credible published science behind the ingredients in these kinds of supplements that help with cognitive and mental function. All right now, and listen, it's so important for you to just hit that iTunes and rate and review because I'm sitting here waiting to hear from you. So is Dr. Billis. I'm Dr. Pam P., host of the Her Podcast. So y'all better be following me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peak or Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peak MD. And remember to catch every single episode of the Her Podcast on iTunes, Radio MD, and all of the major platforms. Thanks for listening today and stay well.